Welcome to the O'Reilly Data Show. I'm your host, Ben Lorica. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to remind our listeners that we do have two event series that they can go and attend and learn more about the topics covered in this podcast. The first one is called the Strata Data Conference, which you can find at strataconf.com. The second one is the Artificial Intelligence Conference, which you can find at the AIConf.com. In this episode of The Data Show, I speak with Guillaume Chalot, an ex-YouTube engineer and founder of algotransparency.org, an organization dedicated to helping the public understand the impact algorithms have on our lives. We live in an age when many of our interactions with companies and services are governed by algorithms. And at this point in time, I think the public is continuing to be aware of the need for transparency and uh, control over their data and uh, the way companies collect them. So in many ways, the same thing can be said about algorithms. So people want some control about how these algorithms work. So they want an understanding of how they work, but also maybe they want some control over what these algorithms are optimizing for. So anyway, uh, Guillaume is at the forefront of this movement, particularly when it comes to how YouTube recommenders and uh, search results work. So he has been in the news recently, uh, mostly because of his work uh, on politics, on the U.S. presidential elections in 2016 and the European elections over the last few months. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Kim Shallow, welcome to The Data Show. Hey. So you are running a, a nonprofit called Algo Transparency. So what is the mission of algotransparency.org? So the mission of algotransparency is to make you understand what the impact of algorithms are on your life. Uh, so the long-term vision is you can understand what algorithms uh, decide for your finances, for what's the impact of algorithms on social media, and yeah, everything that you, you see online. So what was your motivation? Was it because you started talking to friends and you realized people were not aware that algorithms were all around them? Yes, exactly. So people don't realize how, how much impact uh, algorithms already have on their lives. They take uh, trillions of decisions uh, per day for you. Uh, and some of them are, are really good and some of them are very dangerous, but people don't even know about it. And so you yourself, your background was you worked at YouTube helping them uh, on their recommendation engine. And so you, you have some firsthand knowledge on how algorithms influence people. That's correct. So I was working on uh, the YouTube algorithm uh, and our goal was to um, to optimize watch time. So we were trying to make sure that the algorithm keep people online the longest. But what I realized also at Google is that we were so focused on this target of watch time that we were forgetting a lot of important things and we were uh, seeing some very strange behavior of the algorithm. And each time we were seeing these strange behaviors, we just blamed it on the user. It shows uh, violent videos. It must be because users are violent. So it's not our fault. The algorithm is just, just a mirror of uh, human society. Uh, but if I believe uh, the algorithm is a mirror of a human society, I think it's also a mirror that is not a flat mirror. It's a mirror that emphasizes some uh, aspects of uh, life and uh, makes some other aspects uh, overlooked. So, for instance, uh, an algorithm that optimizes watch time 
will emphasize violent content because violent content is very efficient to captivate attention and keep the user online for a long time. So, uh, yeah, let me uh, set a bit of context. So we'll we'll talk a little more about uh, YouTube because you've been in the news recently talking about some data that you gathered around YouTube. But uh, for those people who are not familiar with the scale of YouTube and its importance, let's put it in context because some people might think YouTube is only for watching silly videos. Yes, so YouTube is watched uh, by approximately 1.5 billion people uh, every month. It's watched, uh, there's 1 billion hours of content watched on YouTube every single day. Uh, so that's a trillion of recommendations on most YouTube videos are viewed through this recommendation. So the videos on the right of your video, uh, it's like about 70, more than 70% of videos that are viewed uh, following your recommendation. So I noticed that uh, over time, I, I, and I don't know exactly when this happened, but uh, over time, uh, uh, YouTube started to autoplay the next video. So basically, uh, you can actually walk away from your computer. You'll just keep playing video after the other. Yes, exactly. Um, Even uh, in terms of control, it it shows that the algorithm actually controls what you watch. And even if you think like the other recommendation, you have a choice between them, uh, the algorithm chooses this recommendation. So if the recommendation chooses uh, 10 recommendations from the same channel, you, you don't have a lot of choice. And so you mentioned that the, the the main metric is watch time, which has implications for uh, what videos the algorithm will recommend. In fact, there was an article, I don't know if you saw this article, which cited you by uh, Zeynep Tufekci, sociologist at the University of Carolina, where she basically observed that it seemed like YouTube recommends videos on the extreme side of, of, let's say, a political spectrum. Exactly. And so uh, what kinds of things would you like to see as far as changes to this algorithm in order to avoid this problem? So basically, this problem, uh, uh, in my personal opinion, is very linked to the the current goal of uh, maximizing watch time. And so uh, any content that's really good at captivating your attention for a long time uh, will perform really well on this extreme uh, content. Will, will actually perform, perform really well. So if you had another goal, for instance, the goal to maximize the likes on dislikes, or the goal, or, or another system of rating, like when you would be asked some question, like, did you, did you enjoy this video? Was it helping you in your life, etc.? Then this kind of extreme content would not perform as well. So there, there are many, many other options. And it's not that YouTube is failing at, uh, uh, exploring this, this option, it's like they, they don't even even try. I see, I see. So I, I think when when uh, the kind of the uh, naive expectation of a user for a recommendation engine would be uh, recommend videos that you think are similar to what I just watched and to something I liked in the past. Yes, exactly. Uh, but that's not the goal of the algorithm. The goal of the algorithm is to make you watch as long as possible. So uh, so it will sometimes try to take shortcuts uh, and propose you weird content to keep you online longer. So for instance, you have videos that says uh, have aliens uh, visiting Earth or stuff like that. Uh, and these videos are extremely recommended because they are very good at uh, keeping attention for a long time. 
So, so you can be researching vaccines or, or whatever on the algorithm will be uh, proposing this type of videos. And so uh, in keeping with the name of your nonprofit, which is Algo Transparency, so when you look at Google's main search engine, there's a whole industry around uh, uh, that search engine, uh, basically search engine optimization. So it's not that the SEO community knows the details of uh, Google's search engine uh, ranking algorithm, but they have a guess as to how it works. But on on uh, on the YouTube recommendation engine, is there the equivalent? I mean, uh, in other words, do they disclose how the algorithm works, or do people? Is there is there a group of people who guess how these algorithms work, and so therefore they create videos to optimize for the algorithm? Exactly. So each, each time there is a black box, uh, the algorithm people don't know, so they try to understand uh, how it works. They try to cater to what uh, gets favored a lot. So with this weird uh, children uh, videos that uh, James Pridol observed, uh, BuzzFeed was asking um, content creator, why would you create such weird, horrible uh, videos for children? And the content creators said, oh, we were just trying lots of things on doing what, what worked with the algorithms. And the algorithms seem to uh, favor this type of uh, content, so we made plenty of it. As, as we uh, kind of alluded to earlier, you left YouTube a while back, but mm-hmm. uh, recently you, you embarked on, on trying to understand uh, the recommendation engine. So describe, describe this recent project and uh, describe some of your findings. Yeah, so I was wondering how can we, how can we see, like my first question was, how can we see where the algorithm is bringing us? Because from one recommendation to another, it seems pretty genuine because there is always a link between, most of the time there is a link between recommendations. But if you follow them, where, where do they bring you? So I built this bot that was following uh, YouTube recommendations and seeing where where they bring you. And then uh, I applied it to scientific uh, searches or or to political events such as elections. And I saw that sometimes it was very strange. It was bringing uh, the user to very unexpected area of YouTube. So for instance, with a flatter theory, we were seeing that flatters gets recommended a lot even when you search for different things. So do you, uh, Guillaume, do you know if YouTube's uh, recommendation engine is representative of kind of the other video platforms and uh, other kind of uh, media viewing platforms, even Netflix and all these things? So yeah, Netflix is pretty different because you you can rate uh, on films are much longer on their much uh, higher quality in average. So I think uh, there's a lot of differences with, uh, with Netflix. Although at some level, I remember a while back, I, I spoke with someone at Netflix and they indicated and they told me that basically their goal is to get someone to uh, binge watch. So basically, say, same metric as YouTube, right? Yeah, so, so similarly, uh, YouTube and Netflix optimize for watch time. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's one, uh, one similarity, but the format of the video is very different and you can uh, you have more uh, granular rating videos uh, on Netflix. When I first uh, came across your work and your name, it was also around the time when people were starting to write articles about YouTube, basically along the lines saying that in the last election, people talked a lot about Twitter and Facebook and uh, Russian bots on these two platforms. But 
a lot of uh, the articles I read were saying, well, but people forget you how influential YouTube might have been during the election. Exactly, Zainep was uh, uh, mentioning that a lot. And I think, uh, so my theory why people uh, completely overlooked uh, YouTube is because on Facebook, on Twitter, if one of your friends is posting some something strange, you'll see it. So you have 1,000 friends. Uh, one of them posts something uh, really disturbing. So you're more aware of the problem. Whereas on YouTube, some people binge watch some very uh, weird things that could be uh, propaganda, uh, but they don't know about it because you, you don't see what other people see. So it's like uh, YouTube is like this uh, TV channel uh, that doesn't show the same thing to to everybody. And when you ask uh, YouTube, what, what did you show to other people? YouTube says, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't want to tell you. Huh, interesting. So you recently wrote a post describing how algorithms can discredit media. So can you explain what you meant? Yes. So deep learning, uh, so the algorithms that's behind YouTube uh, and the algorithms that are behind uh, Facebook uh, news feeds are very complex deep learning systems that will take a lot of uh, news feed into account, a lot of user sessions, what they've watched. It will try to find the right content to show to the user so he uh, stays uh, online the longest, so he interacts as much as possible with the content. So this can seem uh, neutral at first, but it's actually not might not be neutral. So for instance, if you have a content that says the media is lying, whether it's on Facebook or uh, on YouTube, what will happen that this content will naturally, if, if, you man- if it manages to convince the user that the media is lying, then the content will be uh, very efficient to keep the user online because the user won't go to other media and will stay more time on YouTube and more time on Facebook. So the probability of such content to convince the users that the media is lying in itself is very low. But this algorithm uh, have a huge amount of data, a huge amount of uh, user session to analyze. So if there is a small correlation, they can uh, they can find this correlation. So making such content can get an increased watch time, so it can get recommended more. Uh, so then we have a vicious circle that the more it increases watch time, the more it's recommended, and then the the more people hear that, and the more um, they start to believe it. So we can have a very weird, uh, unexpected vicious circles like that. And and uh, and actually, uh, I think you also wrote, and this happened on Facebook too, that the more it gets viewed, the more likely content creators hear that it's doing well, so they create more content like that. Exactly. So so we have this uh, this phenomena, and we we can't really observe it. Like only a few people inside YouTube and Facebook are able to look in details at the statistic and to look how much uh, this is happening. But of course, they have absolutely no incentive in to talk about that publicly and uh, to make a lot of research on it. So it seems like over the last uh, couple of years, there's more data scientists talking about fairness and transparency in machine learning. And, uh, you, you know, you, now you have this nonprofit algo transparency. So are you also hearing this? In other words, are you running into data scientists who want to engage on these issues and work on these issues? Yes, definitely. There are both um, more and more uh, people who want to work on these issues uh, who realize that yeah, things can go wrong or at least like they can be very good from YouTube's point of view or from Facebook point of view, but not from the user's point of view. So um, what we need here is to align 
the goals of users on the goals uh, of the platforms. What can our listeners do to help Algo Transparency? Is there anything uh, that they can do to contribute to your project? Yeah, not, not at the moment. So I'm, I'm going to focus now on the U.S. election, the midterm election, to to see what's um, what's happening. I'll be focusing mostly on YouTube, but then uh, in the second stage, then I, I will want to open to to observe more uh, channels like Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google, etc. But right right now, it's uh, very focused on YouTube to to be able to to see if any. Uh, strange things are going on there. So there's also, as we talk, there's also uh, data privacy and issues surrounding that. We're talking, you know, a week or so after revelations about Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. Um, So is privacy something you're also thinking about uh, besides uh, transparency? Yes, totally. So so second step will also be to propose alternatives. So how can we do recommendation that that ensure your privacy so for instance for um, for search you have search engines that respects privacy like quant uh, that are uh, that work really well but now for for recommendations privacy issues are, are really complex because you need a lot of data to do this recommendation so how um, do you ensure that this you have control uh, on this data and uh, it's used for for what you want so we saw we saw with Cambridge Analytica on Facebook that Paul didn't understand the problem there there was in the data. They didn't understand by sharing their their news feeds. They gave crucial information to uh, to people that would use this information to manipulate them. Yeah, I think at some level, I think people w- people want good recommendations and good suggestions, and so they're willing to give some information to the provider in exchange for better recommendations. But on the other hand, I think people feel like they don't have control over their data. So for example, YouTube and Google, I think you can go in and delete your activity and your Google, uh, YouTube and Google searches and all that, but it's not something that's easy to do. Or exactly. it's, some, it's something you have to actually research, right? Yeah, it's something that's not intuitive and uh, yeah, it's not easy yet to know where you have to research it. Uh, so in the end, uh, very few people do it. So what is the role of ads on YouTube? In, this, in, in other words, I assume that one of the reasons they want to gather a lot of data on viewers is so that they can play the right ads. And besides, I mean, besides having uh, users watch longer, uh, they want they want to match users with the right ads. Is that correct? Uh, yes, but uh, I think it's not, they, they don't go as far on, on YouTube. Uh, the goal is not so much on personalization as much as on, on Facebook, where they really try to target extremely precisely people with uh, with ads. Uh, on YouTube, like um, people who do advertisement have much less control. So the ads are less targeted. But YouTube puts more emphasis of really keeping the user uh, longer online. And so the rationale is, okay, if YouTube replaces TV, if YouTube is a place where everybody is watching video, then uh, there, there will be plenty of opportunity to put uh, to put ads and uh, to get more and more targeted uh, ads in, in the long term. So uh, what do you recommend people who use uh, to people who use YouTube, what they should be, what should they be doing? What are some best practices for uh, people? So I, I think the main thing to think about is that YouTube is really trying to push you 
in these filter bubbles that uh, keep you online the longest. So you have to have um, a lot of free will to to be careful not to fall into these filter bubbles that sometimes uh, try to manipulate you, sometimes try to make you uh, believe fake news uh, for political reasons. So it's just like having a good common sense and uh, education to really think about what you see. For instance, we saw about the uh, Pizzagate, Pizzagate scandal where uh, all these videos were uh, talking about the, these sex scandals, pedophile scandals from the Clinton. And I can understand that people started to believe that because every single video they saw on YouTube was telling them it was true. So, uh, so they started to uh, to really believe believe in it, but uh, they don't know that the algorithm is optimized to do this uh, kind of things. So uh, the ideal algorithm is uh, something that recommends. Uh, good things to you, but somehow is able to uh, separate fact from fiction. Not only, but it would be something that gives you control. So, for instance, a YouTube algorithm gives you very little control because you just have very few choices between videos, but you can't choose what you want to optimize. So you can't choose, do I want content that makes me smarter or do I just want content that makes me stay online the longest? Uh, if if I would be able to choose on YouTube, and I would have a switch, and I say, okay, I want content that makes me smarter. Uh, YouTube already has the tools to uh, to measure that and propose this kind of content. But unfortunately, it would be very bad for their business model to do that. So we're uh, uh, recording this at the end of March, and uh, you mentioned that you were going to be focused on the U.S. midterm elections. So what uh, what's your timeline over the next few months? So what what do you hope to what do what are some of the things you hope to investigate? So the, the first thing is to investigate uh, YouTube uh, for the election because I know some other people uh, will investigate uh, Twitter and Facebook, uh, some other actors. Uh, so I want to focus on YouTube uh, there. In the second step, the goal of algo transparency will be to propose to show that it's possible to do these recommendation algorithms that give uh, control to the user, where the user can say, okay, well, I want recommendations, uh, Twitter recommendations that make me smarter. I want YouTube videos that make me smarter or, or set up your own goals on that recommendation that are aligned with your goals. I see, I see. And maybe, uh, ba- so basically give people some some knobs, some, some uh, parameters that they can control uh, their searches. Exactly controls the recommendations yeah well this has been great and you'll be speaking at strata london here uh, towards the end of may and so if you want to meet guillaume in uh, person come to london you can follow guillaume shallow on twitter at g shallow thank you for joining us if you like the show please subscribe and rate us on itunes or stitcher or tunein.com or SoundCloud and never miss an episode.